Lock and Load. This is GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. The leader in the fight to reclaim and expand our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Here's your host, Executive Director of GeorgiaCarry.org, Jerry Henry. Welcome to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. This is a beautiful Saturday morning in downtown Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, got a few things we need to tell you uh, kind of right off the bat, and then we're just going to talk a little while. Um, as you probably know or may not know, this uh, radio program started on uh, March the 7th, 2015, was our first program. And since that time, we have recorded 133. This will be the 134th program we've recorded. And uh, number 135 will be the last. I just got word... Uh, couple of days ago that uh, the radio station has been sold to the Atlanta Catholic Radio Company or whatever, and uh, the program will be going off the air at uh, the end of the show next Saturday morning. So uh, those of you who uh, have stuck with us, we really appreciate it. The newcomers, we appreciate you as well. We're not sure exactly what we're going to do right now. We're we're talking about uh, perhaps finding another station or doing uh, podcast a uh, little more frequent podcast and maybe not quite as long in uh, in duration as uh, as the current show that we're doing but uh, we'll do something we're not going to shut up and we're going to continue to try to keep you informed of what's going on uh, here and around the country and so forth and and uh, you know during this past time we've had some very very good guests on this program and I want to thank all of them for for uh, showing up and and helping us uh, get our statement out, our mission, and, and uh, try to inform readers or listeners a little bit about what's going on and what has gone on and, and how we at least look at some things. And, and hopefully it'll bring a few people around to to our side of the conversation or at least uh, inform uh, uh, some of our people who are already on our side of the conversation how to respond to some of the things that happen and, uh, because right now it's time to respond about an awful lot of things. So having said that and getting that out of the way, uh, I want to remind you we've got the, the 10th Annual Georgia Carrier Convention coming up this August 24th and 25th. It will be at the Stone Mountain Evergreen Marriott Conference Center. Uh, it is a, a very nice place out there that is a very nice center. We have some really good rooms for our, our venue. We will... Um, there are other things that, that families can do. It's a family-friendly environment. There's an awful lot of things for everybody to do. You can bring the whole family as opposed to uh, just bringing them to the hotel here in, uh, in the Galleria and not having a whole lot to do for children or, or uh, wives and, and sometimes husbands that really don't want to have anything else to do with, uh, with guns or don't want to just sit around and talk about guns. They're not... Uh, the same kind of nuts we are. They'd prefer to to have other things to do and and be able to go out and and uh, kind of mingle with other people. We stay pretty busy from the time we start on uh, Saturday morning till the time we end up. And uh, it's guns, guns, guns. So a lot of people uh, would prefer to maybe bring the children, bring the family with them, and let the the family have a good time before it's time for dinner on Saturday night. Tickets are uh, for sale on the the website right now. 
the rooms are available. I know that over half the rooms have been sold. So if you want to get a room out there, you might want to step up your efforts because uh, we will be out of rooms before long. Uh, we've cut the tickets off at uh, 300 this year, so uh, make sure you get those. We will have our life member luncheon uh, this year. If you're a member of a life, if you're a lifetime member, then Georgia Carey will pay for your lunch on Saturday. Uh, as you know, the only dinner that's paid for by Georgia Carey is uh, the Saturday evening uh, big uh, gala event. Uh, we also pay for dinner on Friday night, and we pay for breakfast on uh, Saturday morning. Uh, you're on your own for lunch on Saturday. But we have, uh, we'll have we have a really good uh, a itinerary set up for you. We're going to have an awful lot of, of uh, various uh, breakout rooms for different types of training sessions, and uh, we're going to have the ladies' fashion show, I believe, is coming back this year. Uh, and uh, we're going to have something a little bit different this year as well. Uh, every year we have uh, had a speaker that had something to do with either they're either a politician or they're uh, a, a gun nut. They're, uh, and there's some very good speakers, don't get me wrong in what I'm saying, but it, it's guns, guns, guns. And we thought uh, this year we'll have do something a little bit different. We'll have a little more fun maybe. And uh, when we get to the dinner, instead of us having a speaker – to speak to us about what's going on in their state or what's going on in their state or what's going on in the in the United States uh, Congress, we're going to have uh, the newsmaker line guy, Jim Gossett. Uh, Jim Gossett is, uh, you hear him every day on uh, from uh, 12 to 3 on the Kim Peterson show on uh, Y106.7. And he is a very, very funny comedian. And I will assure you that when we get ready to leave on Saturday night, you will be hurting from laughing. He is the, one of the funniest guys that you'll ever meet in your life. And uh, I think that's going to be a, a just a, a whole lot more, whole lot, it's a whole lot better way to end the convention on a high note with everybody laughing, everybody having a good time. And it's something that I don't think you'll ever forget if you if you get there and enjoy it. Uh, or if you get there, you will enjoy it. We're going to also have our uh, big auction, live auction. We'll have some uh, very good uh, uh, silent auction items. And uh, you, you, it's just going to be a really good time. Everybody should be there. It'll be different from everything else. And it's our 10th one. And, and when we started, I'm not sure how many people thought that we'd ever have a 10th convention. Uh, matter of fact, I'm not sure everybody <laughs> thought we might have a second convention. But... Uh, as we have done and as we have shown in the past, we we stick to it and we get things done. And we just make things happen that a lot of people would never be able to make happen. And if you've been a member very long, you know that. Or if you know any of our history, you know that. So uh, it's uh, it's just a really good time for everybody to get together, talk, meet people that, you, uh, that are of like mind of yours as yours are uh, that are into shooting into carrying guns into self-defense into various parts of the uh, of the firearm side of the of the whole thing and that's what we're about we're about the rights uh, fighting for your rights to be able to defend yourself and carry a firearm wherever you should or wherever you could can wherever you go we'll get it right in a minute uh you know, we've had uh, the news that was full here a week or a few weeks ago about all the students walking out of schools. Well, we also found out that some schools that students walked out of for 
in support of gun control that there were only one or two or three people that walked out of those. We also know that there were an awful lot of, of uh, there were some rights that were accompanied by some of those, and uh, yet nobody reported anything about the, the Pro-2A groups. There were several Pro-2A groups, one in Colorado just uh, this past week, that held uh, pro-Second Amendment rallies, and they walked out of school as well, went outside, had their signs up, and that didn't make news because that does not fit the the liberal agenda. It's got to be anti-gun or it doesn't go. A lot of times I get the feeling that the the press has changed their their feelings about how they, they get their lead stories. You know, it used to say if it if it bleeds, it leads. And now it's if it's about guns, if it's against guns, it's going to lead because it's going to be up there pretty close. There's always something wanting to, they're always wanting to do something about guns uh, and take our rights away to use them. But uh, at any rate, don't, don't feel too alarmed. There were people that were on the other side of that that just did not get to see, uh, the world just did not get to see those people in the news. Uh, one of the things that's happened here in the last uh, couple of weeks, or last week, as a matter of fact, uh, Dearborn, Illinois, passed a um, confiscatory or- ordinance uh, that banned uh, assault weapons. We want to get rid of any assault weapons in, in uh, Deerfield, Illinois. And what that means is they, they've already had one that said that you couldn't sell one up there, you couldn't buy one up there, but you could have them in your homes as long as they were stored safely. And I guess it's up to them to determine what's stored safely. But now they have passed this resident or this uh, ordinance that gives residents 60 days to get rid of any assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. And uh, in order to be sure of that, the uh, ordinance empowers the police chief to confiscate and destroy any assault weapons and high-capacity magazines which residents have after 60 days. Uh, now, that's kind of a scary thought when the, when the police come marching through the door kicking the door in and want to check and see if you have any assault weapons and what they call assault weapons. And if you do, then they take them and they destroy them. Uh, this is uh, this is very reminiscent of uh, of Germany in the 1930s and of, uh, basically of what we fought the, the Revolutionary War over because we wanted them, we couldn't have them. Uh, at any rate, the Second Amendment Foundation by uh, run by Alan Gottlieb has filed lawsuit uh, against this weapons ban, so we will see what happens in uh, in the court in the coming days. I uh, want to take a little break here, and then I'll come back to that story. want to remind you, go to georgiacarry.org. That's who we are. That's uh, why we're here. Uh, we're fighting for your right to keep and bear arms, and, and we're trying to preserve the rights, and we have done so in the last 10 years. Uh, you can go to our website, uh, georgiacarry.org. You can find out anything we've ever done about any lawsuits, you can contact us there. You can download the commercial free podcast there. You can follow us at Georgia Carey on Twitter. I'm at GotYourBack64. You can download the uh, commercial free podcast of this program at NewsTalk1160.com and we'll be right back. And now, back. To GeorgiaCarry.org radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio hour. Uh, 
I was talking about the uh, Deerfield, Illinois uh, ban on assault weapons uh, before we went to break, and, and I mentioned that um, the Second Amendment Foundation, Alan Godley's uh, baby, has filed a lawsuit uh, against this new ordinance, claiming that it violates Illinois preemption law. And, uh, you know, Gottlieb said, we move swiftly to challenge this gun ban because it flies in the face of state law. While the village is trying to disguise this as an amendment to an existing ordinance, it is, in fact, a new law that entirely bans possession of legally owned semi-automatic firearms with no exception for guns previously owned or any provision for self-defense. Gottlieb noted also in that that this confiscatory nature of the new ordinance combined with a mandate that all assault weapons be moved outside the village are destroyed puts a lie to claims by anti-gunners that nobody is coming to take your guns. Obviously, they are going to try to take your guns as they have uh, in the past, and they've done it here in Georgia if they could get the get HB if they could have gotten HB 10 passed in the last uh, session. But um, this is this is the whole goal. Uh, what the media is involved in with everything they're saying against us. It's what the uh, move against the NRA who, you know, if you take away all their, uh, all the people, all the members of NRA that have committed uh, uh, crimes and mass shootings, the, the number would be zero. So it's, uh, you know, there's, there have been no mass shooters that are member of the NRA. There are none. Uh, that are even shooters of, of other people illegally. There there have been several who have defended their lives with them, but uh, not any uh, any other uh, form of uh, of uh, or not any other member of, of the NRA has done any killing, uh, any murders whatsoever, and that is a record that will remain. Georgia carries the same way. I would venture to say that there's not any, uh, there's there's uh, no state organization that's had uh, anybody in their organization murder anybody else. There have been some, again, that have used uh, firearms for self-defense and the perp wound up getting uh, getting killed, but it was not a, a murder. Um, and as you know, last week, or probably no last week, there was a shooting at YouTube out in California. And... Uh, you know, everybody's still saying we need to ban assault weapons. Well, the assault weapon ban would have had no uh, no uh, effect on the YouTube shooter. Number one, uh, California already has an assault weapon ban and a firearm confiscation order, but neither prevented the attack. The, uh, ironically, the assault weapons ban and confiscation orders have been put forward as controls needed in the aftermath of the uh, Florida shooting. And gun control proponents uh, push universal background checks, a waiting period. And uh, California has both of those. In fact, they have some of the most stringent gun laws in the country. The, uh, they have the universal background, the assault weapons ban, the confiscation orders, 10-day waiting period, uh, as well as uh, you, uh, you can't get a permit unless you demonstrate good cause for wanting to carry a firearm. And they also have ammunition controls in place where you can only buy so much ammunition that uh, have been on uh, has been on the board uh, or will be on the board starting uh, January uh, of next year, and require rever- uh, residents to pass a point of sale background check for a box of bullets, and you can only buy so many a month. So everybody says that this is what will do it, but yet 
the lady that, uh, uh, the female that went in and, and shot uh, three people out there and then turned the gun on herself, um, had, uh, had bought the firearm legally. It was a pistol. Uh, and nothing would have uh, nothing that these laws ban would have stopped anything that happened out there. Um, it, they're just they're just imp- impotent to stop any kind of attacker. Um, and not only that, um, their family, her family, this girl's family, uh, told the law enforcement that they were concerned that she might go into YouTube and do something. And the law said, well, we'll watch them and see what happens. Well, they see what happened now. So even even telling somebody about it, as in the case of Florida, even uh, reporting them to the law or enforcement doesn't always mean anything's going to happen. And this is another instance that did not happen, did not do anything whatsoever. And despite that, uh, the tough gun laws out there in California, uh, Elliot Ro- Roger shot and killed three people near Santa Barbara on March 23rd, 2014. Uh, we had the two people that shot and killed uh, 14 at San Bernardino in December of 2015. And uh, another guy who shot and killed three innocents at a, a veteran's home on uh, March 9th of 2018. But uh, the California laws go far beyond what the uh, gun prohibitionist, prohibitionist dreams are, and yet nothing stopped this shooting nothing stopped the other shooting so if it's a great uh then my opinion is it would be working in france it'd be working in london be working in germany chicago be working in california be working in baltimore be working in all the gun-free zones but the criminals do not care about the rules they do not care about the laws they do what they want when they want and who they want to do it to and the only way that you can stop them is with the force greater than the force that they uh, are threatening you with. And in most instances, that's another gun. So uh, we'll get off of that that wagon here for a little while. Um, some good news. Uh, we're now estimated in Georgia to, be, uh, to have a little over a million Georgia weapons license holders. Now that, in my opinion, is very good news. Because the more we have, the better off we are. Uh, it's it's just a fact of life that more guns equal less crime, and that's uh, we're finally getting up there in Georgia. Now, I said that was estimate, and the reason it's estimated, of course, is there is no uh, statewide database uh, with uh, a list of names of who have Georgia weapons license and who don't. Now, that uh, that concerns some people, uh, and it does me too. It concerns me that they would want to make one because uh, if you remember a couple of years ago in New York, uh, one of the papers got a list of the license holders in New York, and they printed a map with little red dots on every house that had a a weapons license. And the good thing about that is they told everybody who was armed so that the criminals would go to other places unless they wanted to get a firearm. If they wanted to steal a firearm, they would go to the house with the red dots. If they just want to break in and steal something and, and not uh, meet any uh, kind of force, then they would go to the ones without the red dots. And that is so ridiculous to tell everybody who's armed and who's not armed because if you don't know whether I'm armed or not, uh, you will you'll have to think twice before you, you commit something against me. If you think that I'm, I'm fi- armed, then you might want to sit back and think a little bit. 
Uh, Harris County, Georgia made the news here lately. It's uh, uh, the sheriff up there, Sheriff Jolly, uh, put up a welcome sign uh, that said, uh, our citizens have concealed weapons. If you kill someone, we might kill you back. We have one jail and 356 cemeteries. Enjoy your stay. And uh, that uh, has gone viral over Twitter and Facebook and, and uh, uh, almost everywhere else. And it's, uh, I think it's a, a great sign. And it's not the first time he's put up a sign uh, that went viral. In uh, November 26, he, uh, he re- put a sign up that said, Warning, Harris County is politically incorrect. We say Merry Christmas, God bless America, and in God we trust. We salute our troops and our flag. If this offends you, leave. So uh, I think it's kind of funny that we have a, a, a uh, well, it's great, but it's it's also funny, not laughable, but it's fun that, that we have a sheriff uh, here in Georgia. We have several sheriffs here in Georgia who have a similar type of uh, of uh, humor, humorous side, and uh, I think that's another one. Harris County's down uh, just south of uh, of Georgia, down uh, or just south of Atlanta, uh, probably fifty miles or so, kind of in the country. And it's a, I think it's a good sign. Remember that when you go through there. Uh, another thing that was uh, a feel good for the, especially for old folks. I kind of got a kick out of this. You know, Jack Nicholas won the Masters six times during his golfing career. But he isn't the only member of his family who's pulled off a pretty cool golfing feat. Uh, during the Masters, the family-friendly Masters Par 3 contest Wednesday, Nicholas's 15-year-old grandson, Gary, hit a hole-in-one in the front of a big gallery at Augusta. At Augusta. Uh, uh, he wrote, uh, and then Jack tweeted, With all due respect to the Masters, Allow me to put my six green jackets in the closet for a moment and say that I don't know if I've had a more special day on a golf course. To have your grandson make his first hole-in-one on this stage, wow. And I have to agree and congratulate both of them. I I watched him back uh, when I was a kid. I know how old he is because I think we're pretty close to about the same age, and he may be a little bit bigger. But at any rate, got a break coming up here. We'll uh, change from golf back to guns here in a minute. I want to remind you, go to georgiacarry.org, our website. You can find out anything we've done. You can join for $20 a year. It's the best $20 a year that you can spend to protect your rights. You can follow us at Georgia Carry. I'm at Got Your Back 64. You can download the commercial-free podcast on our website, as well as here at Newstalk1160.com, and we will be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio hour. Uh, we're, uh, we're talking a little bit about uh, some of the things that happened with uh, the, the past uh, massive murders or mass murders. Uh, and uh, if you remember back... Uh, Last year, we had the uh, the mass shooting at the Pulse nightclub in Florida, and that was played up so bad, just like everything else. You know, of course, it was it was somebody else's fault. It wasn't his fault. And what what it turned out that most of the uh, liberals and progressives were were trying to say was that it was Republicans' fault. It was gun owners' fault. 
uh, it was our law's fault. It's because we have the Second Amendment. Uh, it's because of the fact that that uh, the uh, conservatives are homophobic and blah, 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 blah. Every excuse in the book except uh, pointing the finger where the, the uh, responsibility lay, and that was at the feet of the shooter. It's always the way it is. But then, you know, every time something happens, they want to come back, and the they being the, the gun prohibitionists, want to come after us who have done absolutely nothing uh, and take our protection, our right of self-protection away so that the, the criminals can have their way with you, apparently. Apparently they like to have the criminals have their way, uh, and this will be a good way to do it. Uh, as has been said on numerous occasions, when the, when the ban comes and they come and take our guns or we turn our guns in because we're law-abiding citizens, the guys that were in the in the hood's not going to turn theirs in. The the gangbangers are not about to turn theirs in. The criminals are not about to turn theirs in. So then that gives them the the leeway to do whatever they want to to law-abiding citizens, and that's why they're not getting my gun. But at any rate, back to the original story here. Um, three days after the New York uh, time, after the shooting in Florida, the New York Times wrote, while the precise motivation for the rampage remains unclear. It is evident that Mr. Mateen was driven by hatred towards gays and lesbians. Hate crimes don't happen in a vacuum. They occur where bigotry is allowed to fester, where minorities are vilified, and where people are scapegoated for political gain. Tragically, this is a state of American politics, driven too often by Republican politicians who who see prejudice as something to exploit, not extinguish. And then they proceeded to name-check a bunch of uh, GOP politicians for their alleged homophobia uh, before ending with the, the flourish that 14, the 49 people killed in Orlando were victims of a terrorist attack, but they also need to be remembered as casualties of a society where hate has deep roots. And that's where everybody thinks that well, that's where the, the liberals think that we as conservatives, and I say we because I know not all gun owners and, and not all uh, members of Georgia Carey are conservatives. There are liberals uh, over there as well. Uh, and But they, they look at us as being that, you know, in that frame of mind. And uh, now, thanks to the trial of uh, his wife, who uh, was in fact... Uh, uh, found uh, not guilty uh, they uh, it comes out that uh, quite a few of the media has got the story completely wrong and out of a piece that was written for HuffPost by uh, Melissa Jeltson she says Salmon's trial cast doubt on everything we thought we knew about Mateen there was no evidence that he was a closet gay man no evidence that he ever that he was ever on Grinder. He looked at porn involving older women, but investigators who scoured Mateen's electronic devices couldn't find any internet history related to homosexuality. There were daily obs- obsessive searches about ISIS. However, Mateen had extramarital affairs with women, two of whom testified during the trial about his duplicitous ways. And then it. Uh, it goes on to say, a little bit further down the way, as far as investigators could tell, Mateen had never been to Pulse before, whether person or the, to case, the, whether as a patron or to case the nightclub. 
Even prosecutors acknowledged in their closing statement that Pulse was not his original target. It was the Disney Spring shopping and entertainment complex. They presented evidence demonstrating that Mateen chose Pulse randomly less than an hour before the attack. It is not clear he even knew it was a gay bar. A security guard recalled Mateen asking where all the women were, apparently in earnest in the minutes before he began his slaughter. This was a terrorist attack, pure and simple. There's no evidence that it was anti-gay hate crime. In fact, the uh, Florida's 2016 hate crime reports does not include the 49 victims of the Pulse shooting uh, in its official total. Now, the problem with with what I have just read you is that we are labeled, uh, anybody that has anything to do with firearms is labeled, uh, any way the, uh, the liberals and the media or the liberal media sees fit to label us. If they think that uh, if something happens in some place, uh, then they accuse us of hating that place or hating those people or causing things like that to happen. And that is totally false. We do not do that. We have never done that. We are, <laughs> everybody I know in, in this group and, and our groups, uh, and I know people in groups uh, in other states, and we're all the same way. We don't we don't worry about that. We're, we are uh, not driven by the hatred of anything. We are driven by the love of the Constitution, the love of this country, and the love of us being able to save our loved ones and ourselves from harm in, under any circumstances. Uh, we're not, if, if that were the case, if, you know, if, if the NRA was as bad as everybody thinks they are, stop and think about this. They got five million people five million members in the NRA. Now, if we were all as bad as everybody thinks we are, wouldn't there be a few other people dead in this country? I mean, if if we were if we were as as uh, mean and bad and and as murderous as they think they are, we would have five million murders a day or five million a week until we ran out or until we got caught, which is absolutely ridiculous. That doesn't happen. That hasn't happened. And uh, you know, for all the all the stuff the gun prohibitionists can come up with, no matter how they pad their statistics, it is still not a, uh, we still do not have that high murder rate. We have, and I agree that any time anybody loses their life for any reason, it is a tragedy. But when you have a country with uh, 400 million guns in it, and you have uh, about uh, 65 to 7,500 murders per year, then that's not a real high number. Now, I agree if it's you or, or uh, a family member, a loved one, or a friend, that's, that's still tragic. But when you look at the percentages, everybody wants to talk about figures, but throw those figures in and look at them. And that is a minute figure of the number of guns in this country that actually kill people. Uh, this just doesn't happen. If, like I said, if if we were as as uh, and we, I, I mean we, being the gun owners, if we were as bad as everybody says we are, we'd be out starting a war tomorrow. But we don't do that. We're not going to do that. What we're going to do is sit here and we're going to fight for our rights. And uh, you know the old, I'll give up my gun when they when they prime my cold dead fingers off of it. That's kind of the way we feel about it. 
You know, I've heard people say they can have my gun. All they have to do is come get it, and they'll get it one bullet at a time. Uh, I don't know how many people would actually do that. I do know some that would. But I will assure you that they will have trouble taking uh, taking my firearms, and I know many people who will. They will have trouble taking their firearms. Uh, they keep saying we need to do like uh, like Australia and have a gun buyback. Well, my question is, how do you have a gun buyback when you didn't own the gun to begin with? How can it be a buyback? You know, it's just a, a forced sale is what it is, and you're going to be the one that purchases The government's going to be the one that purchases it. We're not going to do that because we don't walk lockstep with a sheeple in this country or any other country. If they want to ban it, then they can ban it, but they're going to have to come get them. They're, we will not turn them in. And I, I don't I don't see any reason why anyone should ever even think that we would would give up the Second Amendment because when you give up the Second Amendment, you lose the rest of the amendments. If you lose the, the, fir- the Second Amendment, you will lose the First Amendment, and you will lose all the other amendments. And that brings up another point that we need to, to get across, and that is uh, we need to guard uh, as much as possible. We need to guard due process because an awful lot of laws that are coming out now and being written are to take away due process. That's the uh, gun violence restraining orders where you know somebody can say, well, he's, he's a danger to himself. Go get his guns. When you do that, you, you don't need a Second Amendment. If, you can, if the law can come get your firearms just because somebody said something, then you don't need a Second Amendment because you will soon lose uh, whatever protection that Second Amendment gave you. Uh, so when you see the, the new bills that are coming up and that are going to be coming up next year that have anything to do with mental illness, domestic violence, et cetera, uh, be wary of, of, uh, of due process being in there or being written out of the law. I want to remind you one more time, go to georgiacarry.org, our website. Uh, you can download the podcast there. You can put, download the, the commercial-free podcast here at Newstalk1160.com. You can uh, join for $20 a year. You can find out everything we've ever done in the courts. And we will be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio hour. Our final segment here, I, uh, I have to admit that I didn't bring some notes today. I ran out of notes uh, on the first three segments. And so uh, I'm going to just uh, kind of shoot at the cuff and see what I can come up with. Uh, you know, it, as I stated in the beginning of the program, we're, we're going to be leaving the, the station here before long. And it, it's really been a, a, good, uh, a good marriage, so to speak, with, uh, with the the guys here at the program at the uh, studio uh jeff davis uh marshall parker they they have really been outstanding they've helped us a whole lot uh been very easy to work with and and it's uh it's really been a a pleasure and i i'm we're gonna miss uh i'm gonna miss being around them and, and seeing them and and just discussing a few things that we've had it's been a it's been a, a kind of a tough uh sometimes it's been a tough thing for me to do to keep up with everything and and try to put a show together uh that uh will will please everybody and and make it interesting for you to talk about and and uh, i just uh in this last segment here i just uh want to want to say uh, 
few things about that. Some of the people that I've met at georgiacarry.org, and I don't want to get too uh, sentimental because I'm going to probably do that next week when we uh, when we have our final show. Uh, and I, by the way, I think I I don't know if I said it or not earlier, but that'll be show number one thirty five, and uh, that's uh, it's quite a quite a few shows. We put on an awful lot of put out an awful lot of information over the air, and it's been fun doing it. Although as I said at times, it's uh, it's kind of a chore because I have to run downtown to do it, and then I have to run back home and take care of things around my house as well as taking care of uh, other things for Georgia Carey and and. Uh, it's just uh, it, it's a, it's a lot of fun, but it's an awful lot of work. Uh, and I know a lot of people think, "Well, geez, I wish I could do that." And I've said that before, and I'm kind of kind of understand why uh, it's not as easy as it as it looks, or as uh, people want to make you think it is. But uh, uh, we have I have met some very good people down here. I've had some very interesting uh, uh, guests on the program. Uh, and I've had some uh, some good guys like uh, A.W.R. Hawkins and Mark Walters that I call on quite frequently to help me out in certain situations so that you don't have to listen to me blab on all the time. You can hear somebody else that knows what they're talking about. Uh, I did want to report to you, however, that uh, we're, we have a meeting set up at the, uh, at the Capitol uh, in the coming weeks uh, to discuss the uh, FASTER program, bringing a FASTER program here to Georgia. And uh, Jim Irvine will be down here, and we will meet with uh, with some people here at the Capitol and see what we can do about getting some funding for that program and trying to find uh, uh, local school districts that are willing to participate in the uh, in the program. Uh, it's still a, a long way away because of the fact that we've still got to find somebody to do it. We've got to set up the training, uh, and it's not something that you just do overnight. The training for this uh program is uh, a, a training routine that uh, a guy up in Ohio set up tactically on how to, to handle it and that has to be, he has to come down here and he has to help set up trainers in the local area so that we can train the people here uh, what we need to, what they need to do, how they need to do it, what the approach will be, as well as working with local law enforcement because we've got to have the school board, we've got to have the teachers and we've got to have the law enforcement uh, willing to step forth and, and put this program into place. But I'm happy to report to you, at least, we are making some progress in that uh, in that manner, uh, in that, uh, towards that program. Uh, I would like for it to be a whole lot quicker, but, you know, obviously, uh, if you work with the government, if you try to get some things done, and, and that's what we're working with here. we got the state government, we got the local uh, school board, which is government, we've got the local... Uh, law enforcement, which is government as well, so the only uh, you know the only thing we can do is we move as quickly as we can. Hopefully, it would be really nice if we could have something in place uh, by the time school starts next year, at least in a couple of school districts, to where we can see how it works and how uh, how everybody feels about it. I believe that if we can get it into one or two schools, that we will be able to spread it uh, throughout the state uh, in uh, in probably fairly short order, uh, people would see how, how well it is, how well it, it works. Instead of spending another half a billion dollars on, uh, and it's not that much, it's only a couple hundred million probably, on more cameras and more locks and you know things of that nature that we know don't work. I mean, it, it just sets you up for failure. You spend money and they make, uh, 
make bigger doors and bigger locks and prettier cameras. And the same thing happens over and over again. That's what they did at uh, at Sandy Hook. And when you want to follow those uh, the the route that Sandy Hook took, then it's probably going to end up with the same results if somebody comes in to to uh, try to commit uh, a mass murder there. It's just that it's just not going to happen. You you're going to continue. You know, we we watched uh, when we were fighting uh, to get uh, guns on campuses. Uh, we watched Georgia Tech over here. The crime rate continued to go up, continued to go up, and every year they put more police out, more cameras. We're going to have more secure locks. We're going to have to have uh, pass cards to get into the dorms, etc. And what did that do? It didn't do anything. The crime rate just continued to go up. Uh, the only thing that helped their crime rate over there is they put some of the crimes over in the Atlanta Police Department, let them take care of it so it didn't look like it was on campus. But uh, it's it's... It would, it's insane to continue to try to do the same thing without changing anything. It's just total insanity. We need to think out of the box. And this program, the FASTER program, does think out of that box. It gives us a way to stop the perp. It gives us a, a faster way to stop the perp. It gives us a faster way to administer first aid to the victims. And it keeps us a way to keep those people breathing until they can get to the hospital. As we've said before, most people who are shot with a firearm are not killed by the bullet. They're killed because they bleed to death. And the sooner you can get somebody in there to to stop that bleeding, the sooner you can get the, the perp out of there, get the bleeding stopped, then the better chances you have of saving those lives. As far as ever stopping the shootings completely, I don't know that we'll ever be able to do that. And this program is not necessarily designed to do that per se, other than the fact that if you knew, if if the guy in Florida knew when he went into that building down there that there were 10 or 15 or maybe 25 teachers that were armed at that school, then uh, it would have made a little bit of difference when he went in there. He might not have gone in there. He might have picked another softer target than what he picked but there was there was no force there to be met with and then the the uh, school resource officers the deputies down there stayed outside and let him have his way so it it's it's a sad sad day when you have to do all these things but it's even a sadder day when we're looking at the only way to protect our kids is either to bring in the national guard or put a fence around uh, like a prison and, you know, to keep people out. And we don't want people to have to go to school under those those circumstances. We don't want them to have to go through and, and be carded every time they walk in the door. Uh, but uh, this program, the FASTER program, gives you a way to address those issues and save an awful lot of lives. Uh, so uh, we're working on that, as I told you we would at the at the time that Jim was on the program. Uh, we'll be working on that, and we'll be working on it more so in the future uh, to get uh, to get us headed in that direction. Uh, in the meantime, uh, it's about time to close this program down. I uh, want to remind you, go to georgiacarry.org, our website. That's the reason for the program. Uh, you can find out every piece of paper that we've ever filed on any lawsuit or on every lawsuit that we've ever filed. And there have been a lot. As you know, we, we're, 
we say that our uh, plan of attack is a three-pronged attack. We educate, we legislate, and we litigate. And you can find everything that we've legislated. You can find everything that we've litigated. And you can find all the contacts of anybody you want. You can find out who uh, who the board members, et cetera, are. You, the bios are on there. You can contact us there. Contact information is on there. You can join Georgia Carrot, $20 a year, best $20 a year you'll ever spend. You can join it for one year, two years, five years. You can be a life member for $500. Uh, in the meantime, uh, you can also, while you're there, download the fr- commercial-free podcast of this program as well as here at Newstalk1160.com, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, hosted by Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Join us each week for information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 only on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.